Hello and welcome to Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. This is a super special secret episode. Uh, if if uh, you're listening to this and you heard the Pam Greer episode all the way through, you learned that uh, uh, a recurring guest uh, has a... Uh, what is that? Uh, con- not con- not con- a successive... Uh, anyway, uh, we, uh, the... Uh, with a guest, we have a birthday, three birthdays in a row. So as a like a dumb gimmick, uh, I was like, well, why not just do like a super super fun birthday episode? And so uh, starts the guest because her birthday is first. It's uh, Melanie is returning. Yes, I was born on June twenty second. That was like such a really good organic moment too on that episode where I don't know why it came up. I was trying to remember today. Do you remember why we started talking about that? Because I haven't listened to that episode. I only listened to it once, and I, I don't remember uh, what happened, why we talked about it. I think you mentioned something like um, it's your it's, it's going to be your birthday episode pick. <gasps> oh, yep, for cinema. It, that makes sense. And Joel, your birthday is the next day. Sure, June twenty third. Yes, and my and uh, that I mean that was weird when Spencer and I first found out. Like I don't I don't know how that came up. You <laughs> you probably mentioned you were gonna go do something for your birthday. I'm like, oh, my birthday's in June too. When's it? And uh, yeah, you got the next birthday. So what'd you do? Ah, uh, yeah, I think no, I think you mentioned you you're gonna do something stupid and see. You saw the last Transformers movie. <laughs> In like 3D yeah. or IMAX or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, that's kind of like one of my favorite things to do on my birthday is to purposely go see a movie that I know I'm, I'm going to be... It's it's not going to be good, but at least it's going to be like, I'm glad I saw that on a big screen kind of thing. Transformers usually works pretty well. Um, <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm joking. I'm so emotional. <laughs> Ooh, hold on. Okay. Yeah. So that's probably what happened. Yeah. And uh, since I basically kind of schedule the whole season, I decided to uh, give Melanie and Joel the uh, the reins to pick this uh, pick the topic for this uh, episode, and. Uh, well, Melanie, is your is your um, idea? So why don't you say what the uh, movie uh, will be? We're talking about Demons Two. Which I'm very excited about. I was really happy that Joel picked this one out of the ones that I suggested. Yeah. I haven't seen Demons 1. Am I missing, like, based on the description I read, it's it's uh, a movie screen instead of a TV screen. Is that the difference? Yeah. No, this is basically uh, like a remake, essentially, rather than a sequel. But, mm. yeah, just replace High Rise for theater. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but both are great, and you should definitely watch the first one. Yeah, I would. I mean, yeah, the the effects alone are, are worth watching. So, oh yeah, 
you know, these movies fucking rule. Like, they're just, like, so much fun. And, like, the, the... Like, I don't like, uh, like, nail, uh, or, like, nail, like, uh, uh, stuff usually, but, like, the nail claw stuff in this doesn't bother me. Because it's so yeah. outlandish. Where it's, like... Well, that's, the, it's, the it's, teeth. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, that whole sequence, whenever, like, she's growing her claws and her fingernails fall out and the teeth, they're... It's so weird looking. Like, they're corkscrew, almost like little pig's tails. It's the most bizarre thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It instantly makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like the... I mean, uh, if... If if they grew regular normal looking teeth underneath their teeth, I'd still be don't don't be growing out any weird teeth or normal teeth or keep your teeth where they're supposed to. But be. I'm with Spencer. Normally, like body horror stuff, kind of like that's what gets me. It's it's like animal eating you and then your body not doing what it's supposed to do. I'm like, oh, like that's because that's scary. That's real. And this doesn't bother me. Like the nothing in that sequence makes me. You know that feeling where you're like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the like. I'm not sure I've said it on the show before, but I'm not a fan of the Brian Usna, um, Stuart Gordon type of wet, mm-hmm. sweaty gore. It just makes me want to vomit, which I th- which is the point. But at the same time, like I don't want to sit through a movie where I want to vomit the whole time. <laughs> uh, but like this gore is like it's it's super gross, but it's not doesn't cross that line into like I hate it. <laughs> oh, I mean, you like street trash, though, right? I mean, that's kind of like yeah, but it's not like wet and sweaty the way it like. I mean, it's pretty. The, it's pretty the, wet, though. It's yeah. definitely sweaty. I can smell it through the screen. <laughs> yeah, but street trash is like so stupid, like Jason X level stupid that I can't help but like it. I see. I feel like I watched something recently that I can say the same thing for, but I'm drawing a blank on it. I've been watching too many stupid things. Um, I I think that because the, like, body horror stuff in here looks... it's, It's the perfect match between realistic and completely fake looking. But you, you, it it just looks so cool while it's happening. Like, uh, you know, people stretching or dripping out of places. Like, the pulsing on the skin yeah. when they're changing over. It's like, uh, yeah, like, I've definitely... <laughs> I think that takes it away from the realism part for me. Like, if somebody's getting their finger cut off by a knife on screen, I'm like, yes, I don't like to see this, but... I do think that the, like, the latex work and the veins, like popping up that all that stuff looks great like i do i like the effects but i it's just like stuff that normally would bother me it's cartoony enough where it i think that's what it is where it's like what you're saying joel it's not i don't know it doesn't cross that line so but there's plenty yeah. of stuff that looks really cool yeah there's like also uh, some silly puppet stuff that <laughs> doesn't look yeah. so cool but i love it and like uh before uh we started recording i was watching um Emma Mora's Battle of Nariyama again, and that has some really off-putting... It's Emma Mora, so it'll be off-putting to begin with. That's kind of his whole thing. One of his his things. But, like, there's some teeth stuff in that that is rough to look at, and there's uh, a couple couple key moments, and, like, it's not as graphic, but, like, uh, going to Demons 2, it's like, 
oh, this is just like a fun, stupid movie where like I just I just watch like an old woman bash her teeth in because she's too old. <laughs> and it's like a, a nice little like a okay, this this isn't always horrific. <laughs> it can, <laughs> it hmm. was like a nice mental break for you. You're like, okay, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And if if everyone hasn't seen Battle of Nariyama, I highly recommend it, but it's also not a great MMR to start with if you haven't seen any. It's kind of him as has most nihilistic. Well, no, no. It, it's towards his most nihilistic, but whatever. <laughs> Alright, so who wants to describe what Demons 2 is? It's a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. And a... Um... Like a teen teen party movie, and it's a uh, okay. That's it. It's and it's a horror movie. There we go. But yeah, love and friendship are right at the center of it. <laughs> I just I feel really bad for Sally. You know, it's it's her birthday, and she's already really upset. And, I... You know, she's coming off as spoiled and stuff like that. But did she really deserve to become that? Uh, that super sexy demon monster? I don't think so. I don't know. I feel a lot of... Th- hmm. I, I, In a way, I really do sympathize with Sally. Like, I don't know what happened. Obviously, she had a really <laughs> rough morning, and she's just not feeling it. And everyone's had those off days, especially if it's your birthday and you're having a party and you're obligated to feel, like, hyped or happy and you're just not feeling it. That's a bummer. But also, I mean... It's a lot. She, She's, like, smacking her head. She's pulling at her dress. She smacks her TV. She's very angry. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. She's going through it. Yeah. And uh, I, can't, I couldn't help but uh, notice, like, some, like, it, broad strokes, it reminds me of uh, 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 Playtime, the Tati film. In that there's a, a sequence where there's like an apartment building and you see a, uh, like a white child of people in their apartments watching TV. And it's like, there's, there's some vague similarities. Mm-hmm. Slash any opportunity I can bring up Tati, I will uh, <laughs> uh, uh, use, that, use that excuse. Never, you think it's a commentary on uh, people's addiction to television? I, I think it's, mm-hmm. uh, well, I think it's smarter how than... they possibly... Uh, a demon on yeah. them but it also feels like i mean with the ending which uh joel how sh- you didn't finish it how much left was there i i saw the end of the garage battle and when a uh, man in the elevator got into the apartment and speared that that like reject muppet mm-hmm. <laughs> You so you're like yeah you've probably got like I don't know what ten more minutes something like that yeah oh okay well but you, you at least you got to see the the garage fight with with Hank uh yeah which one's Hank is that uh that's the uh... Bobby Rhodes he gets he gets grabbed I'm sure we'll go into detail oh yeah. okay nothing yeah okay. He's yeah, also man, he great. in the first film, so you'll be excited about that. Although he's in this one longer, I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, man, 
that that guy is <laughs> that guy is insane. But uh, uh, I don't want to get t- get into that yet. But um, yeah, the the end end is like just meta commentary where it's like the film the the movie they are watching is being was being shown from like a within a building and there's like this big like almost Truman show type like meta thing at the end uh where it's, I, I don't know what's trying to say about like media and TV but it's this really cool like oh like I put my notes like Twin Peaks cuz uh they're blue curtains and it's like this mind twisty thing and uh some of the people look like Twin Peaks people yeah yeah. No, I I definitely think that matches. Yeah, because you get like Buff Bobby, you know, he's more mainly than Bobby could ever be on Twin Peaks, even the new one. Uh, uh the elevator you're guy. You're talking about uh, elevator guy. Ashley, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't remember. You're talking about the guy who is the study guy. Yeah. Who's who's protecting his wife? Yeah, who kind of looks like who oh. could be a stand-in for um, um, Shelley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person that was reminded that oh, his wife reminded or could be stand-in for Shelley. The the person, uh, the husband with the glasses mm-hmm. that made him, you know, obviously this dork can't be super buff. Uh, I was thinking of the guy in the vineyard. That's also the <laughs> uh, obviously wearing glasses so yeah. that he looks nerdy, even though he's. Like buff, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Oh, the vineyard. I love that movie so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about the vineyard? Oh yeah, because it's not Italian or French. <laughs> it's a vineyard. That's Italian. <laughs> that, it's no, true. I don't. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, uh, what do you guys like about this movie besides like the, what we already talked about? Well, in comparison to the first one, I I love both soundtracks for for both films, but I like this one a little bit more if I'm being honest. And I you still get obviously it's you haven't seen the first one, Joel, but there's some very iconic shots of, you know, the demons i almost said zombies which it's like obviously that kind of fits too because especially in this it just feels like a zombie movie but these famous shots of the zombies you know from far away with their the light in their eyes and you get some of that here i think it looks so good on the stairwell when they're all coming down and they're like popping their heads over looking down i love that shot there's just i don't know i really this one's a little bit more oh no sorry go ahead I know that shot is very like animalistic, where it's like, it's like you're you're camping, and you see like the eyes of like an owl or something that's like peer in the night, and it's like, kind of like unsettling, but at the same time it's like, well, it's there. I gotta do something about it. Yeah, yeah, and for me, I just love how tonally this one's just a little bit more fun. Like, uh, I was talking to Nolan because I was telling him about. Uh, recording for this and uh he said that he he's never seen the second one he loves the first one and i i was like well i kind of compare it to like evil dead evil dead 2 even though that's not a great comparison but just for reference where it's like the first one the tone is a little bit more serious and i don't know just it's creepier to me and this is just 
kind of goofy bananas. Like, it's just mm. so much fun. Yeah. You know that one I only saw once uh, when I was I was 13? I I loved it, but I watched it with my dad. And there, there are a couple scenes where when you're 13, you don't want to watch that with your parent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's uncomfortable. I think I watched that with my older... Actually, I know I watched it with my older brother the first time, and it was... It was uncomfortable. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> You're like, that's a family film. That's for the whole family. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Joel, didn't you grow up watching Crybaby with your family as a family film? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah, I did too, though. Oh, all right. You guys are watching Tracy Lord's movies as, as a family. That is weird. It's just because Tracy Lord's happened to be in the And she's an actress. I like, know. Excuse me. Yeah. I, I, Wow, judgmental. <laughs> this is a dumb joke. People know I'm. Besides, we, we had like a whole we had a whole VHS set of Tracy Lord movies. It wasn't that big a deal. Okay, okay so, so you watch like New Wave Hollywood Hookers too as a family, the Greg Dark mo- Dark Brothers porn. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, no. Okay. We, we're not going to talk. No one knows what I'm talking about. Let's move on. Um. <laughs> Next up, the Canyons. What? Uh, I don't remember where I was going with this. Uh, what oh, do you guys uh, like about it? Sorry, you asked me, and then we got off on a tangent. Yeah, it, it happens. I don't really care uh, about keeping, uh, staying them. Uh, you know. Um. Anyway, what I like about it is I like the the crazy sci-fi like meta ending, where it kind of is like wait what the fuck even happened and it feels like um like on some level a commentary on like civilization or society or something because it's like uh, apartment building you see different groups of people and different types of people and how like they get infected and like it's i'm trying to piece together like what the central metaphor is exactly but it does feel like it's trying to comment on something it's probably more obvious than uh, then realizing, um, I mean, I yeah, think for uh, both films, since you are, you know, one you're in a theater, you're watching this movie, everyone's affected. And this one, you're watching TV, and everyone's affected. I mean, I think your media. You said it at the beginning, the media tie-in. I know that's a very simple thing to take away, but it does make sense. Yeah, um, not simple. Just it's on the nose. Yeah, it might, it might be just that. But it's like 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 the tone of it is just so fun and, and like pretty light, even though like it's a you know a crazy insane story. But like it's it doesn't feel super heavy, and you you get um uh where, where my notes uh where is it the oh, there's a moment I can bring up um. Like you get like the like the stuff with the gym, which is like cartoonishly, like like it's a straight hilarious seeing like uh Bobby Rhodes in the gym all sweaty and like like everyone in the gym is like has huge muscles and it's like wh- wh- what is what's happening <laughs> in this movie? I also I love when the lights go out because you know the the building it's totally pitch black and the guys are just still in there just pumping iron like <laughs> I said go home and they're just like no. No, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how I am too. 
Yeah, but like, it, it like, like, in the, like, there's not, I don't think there's any nudity in the movie, but like, the most nudity you get is like the dudes in like the, in the, like the workout short shorts, which is like, <clears throat> for an Italian, like, sleazy horror movie, it's kind of shocking. There's like the most, the, like, the most naked people are like muscle men, and there's no like force. Not that like nudity is bad, but it's just, uh, you know, it's Italian. You, you'd assume certain things. Well, and she gives birth and it's very tastefully done, especially with what you think is going to happen. It kind of plays with your expectations. And I, yeah, I remember thinking the first time I was like kind of not worried about the birthing scene whenever it was coming, but I was just like, oh, this is probably going to be, I was prepared for like some brood level stuff like something funky yeah. was gonna happen like dead alive yeah yeah and mm-hmm. nope it was you know it's it's handled tastefully so it's it is surprising yeah the i think the most uh nudity you see is just a lot of high thigh <clears throat> from some boys <laughs> yeah no, you get- i think that uh we should put that on the blu-ray release of this movie tastefully done birthing scene i mean <laughs> you know it's a selling point for some, I'm sure, because I, yeah. that's, you know, pregnancy, that's a terrifying thing to me, is someone that can do that, like, ugh. but but yeah. that's just me. No, I do. I've, I've had many conversations <laughs> with uh, my partner about that, and I think uh, the the word parasite has come up a couple yep. of times, but, yep. you know, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. I mean, like, look at Alien, that, that chest burst was just like a clear metaphor of like, oh, pregnancy can be scary. <laughs> Oh yeah. They had a chest burster in this movie too, though. Yeah, they yeah. did. That poor that kid, man. That's... Some somebody was like, "I hate children. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna take it out on yeah. this child." You know, yeah, do you think it was Argento being like, "Ugh, I, my kids are so annoying right now." He's like, "I'm gonna put my daughter in this, but I'm also gonna make sure this little kid is like fucked up." <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I love whenever. Uh, he knocks on the door. Of course, this is like a thing from Leprechaun. There's like a bunch of movies that do this where like a demon's like using a little kid's voice. And I just, I like that as soon as she opens the door, that kid can clearly just walk right in, but he's having so much trouble because of the, the chain lock on the door. He just can't get in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just remember something about the first demons. Um, so in a, a Fulci episode, I brought up how I fucking hate Bob, and uh, he he shows up in the in the first demons at the very end. It's a different dub actor, but seeing that kid's fucking face is like, god damn it! Why 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 is he in this fucking movie? I love how much that's like such a on Twitter. You can like post a picture of Bob, and people will get riled up real quick. Yeah, because he's the worst part of Fulci movies. <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> Bob is a blonde boy in Manhattan Baby, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, you definitely know his... I love that kid in Manhattan Baby. He's like, And what's wrong with my sister? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, oh, man, this guy's great. Yeah, apparently he lives in, like, Chicago and has a family, so... I, I doubt he'll ever hear this, well, but, you know, I, I, ho- well, that's good. I hope he's doing well, but... Man, he, he yeah, Bob, we're we're cheering for you. No, wait, what? 
<laughs> that sounded like a big butt was coming. Um, no. Uh, I'm barely holding on to what's going on. So the reason I like the movie uh, is because the effects are super cool and the music is fun. Um, I, I, but I, I, I have to say... I have a dumb question. So I know a lot about like metal huh? and hip-hop, but... Um, uh-huh. Which one is Morrissey? Is he the Smiths or is he the Cure? That's the Smiths. Oh, Smiths, yeah. So that was the guy with the Muppet voice singing that song? Yes. Yes. Okay. In, okay. I wasn't really sure because, like, all I know about Morrissey is he's racist and people, he, like, there's, like, a intense cult love of him from, from some people. <laughs> Well, there, yeah, because then you have the reverse of that where there's an intense hatred for him because he's he he is how he is. So, because I do love the Smiths, but I I don't listen to Morrissey on his own. Okay, I just wasn't sure because like I know what Robert Smith looks like, but it's like I don't know which which one is which. Yeah, Robert Smith. That's the cure. Okay. Uh, Joel, continue. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, I I think it. Uh, I started. I did start to lose interest when we got to the uh, ugly puppet demon uh, getting out of the kid thing, and then that like took me out of the movie because everything else was so silly. But that was really that puppet is not not handled very well. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. There's a thing like, well, not like that, but there's there's moments like that in the first one where there's so many, like, there's really cool effects. Then you have something that you're just kind of like, oh, all right, so that happened. But for me, it's like this goes too, I don't know. Maybe it goes on a little too long because I, I felt that on this rewatch. I've never felt that before, but in that scene, I was kind of like, oh, wow, this is longer than I remember it being. Yeah, and and it's got that really, really irritating child's screeching thing yeah. going on the whole time. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I remember the thing I was trying to remember. The editing is super smooth and um, uh, you get like a, uh, like a cut of a knife and then it'll be cut of like someone like uh, slicing up a cake or something and you get to, like these mm-hmm. really like it's the simple like editing techniques but like if you're aware of that stuff and you notice it's like oh this is just like like it, it, like it, it's so smart. So, so many smart choices in terms of like cutting images together, uh, cutting like images to scenes together, where it's like that helps with like the flow. Especially Creating since since you're popping around this high rise, all these different you know apartments, and you're taking a peek inside. They the way they cut from those. You're right. It's it's almost it's editing that you don't really notice, but in a good way. Because it's so slick. There, there's a weird time lapse thing that uh, I think everything in the apartment is fine, but there's the one thing that I'd see as a weird time lapse is that those punks that are like driving at reckless speeds seem to have been driving for about an hour before they get into an accident. But I think I, I don't know if they're going to the party or whatever. I, I but uh, yeah, yeah, and there's punks in the first one too. Yeah, it, of course. It's really, really beat for beat, the the first film. Yeah, it's kind of That's shocking funny. just how similar. I prefer two, 
because like it's it's goofier and and like you get more variety and location. <clears throat> but uh, I I don't know about the the lady that like lives in Central Park with the pigeons though. Yeah, that's that's a bit much though. Oh wait, not that part too. Sorry. Oh. Um, Have we talked about? I feel like we've talked about Home Alone too. Have we not? <laughs> Because that would be one. a funny thing. <laughs> I, I think that's the only one I remember seeing as a kid. I might have seen the first one, but I have no memory of it. Yeah, mm. I love the second one. I legitimately love it. And I know I like it more than the first one because it's the one, like, I think at either my dad's or my grandmother's, someone that we would go to, they only had the VHS of the second one. So that's the one that we would watch all the time. So I have mm. more nostalgia for it. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's like at my grandma's house in Virginia. She had for the kids the '90s. Uh, was it? Um, uh, it's like it's like it's one of those '90s remakes of an old thing. It's the the, the kids. There's a lot of those in the '90s. Yes, I know. It's not a TV show. It was like the serials from the '30s and '40s. What happens in it? What is it called? It has like the the Phantom. No, <laughs> it's those like old comedy serials of like the the kids who are like living in a junkyard or something. Like the Little Rascals. That's it. Or... Okay. Oh, they Little have... Rascals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I have a lot of nostalgia for the '90s version of it. Mm. Yeah. Joel, what's your thing of like a a a family member or whatever has like had the one movie that you would watch a lot? Like that was your only option. An example of a movie that we had a lot that we watched that is kind of unusual now, or what? Yeah, like visit my grandma. We don't the, get to get to watch like Little Rascals, and that was pretty much it. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> when I made that joke about my pet monster before we were recording, because that that uh, TV pilot that never got produced into a series. Um, I used to, when when I would go to my grandmother's and she lived in Northern California, for some reason I would always rent that out there. Like I, oh. I've, I, it, maybe it happened twice, but in my brain it was like 10 times or something like that. Uh, and for some reason it was, it was not something I ever did. Like, you know, we'd go to a rental store in the town we lived and I would never look for it there. It was like only at grandma's house. Oh. And uh, when, that like when I think of like movies that my grandparents had, I don't remember them having like physical movies anywhere. But I remember that my my grandfather, when he got tired of hanging out with the family, would put on a pair of wireless headphones. Like this, this we're talking about like the early nineties. So they were real he, he big. Had wireless headphones. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, and he would watch movies, and he would watch any kind of movie so the first one of the first horror movies i saw any part of was american werewolf in london <laughs> when i was like 10 or something and for some people it's like oh 10 that's not a big deal i had not seen anything like yeah, that if you're not prepared that's traumatic <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i used to one? have nightmares and <laughs> That's the one where and not doing. know what movie it was and then one day i watched that and i was like holy shit this is it <laughs> Like you, like, like that uh, thing. No, go for it. Sorry. That's the one where there's a sex scene in like a barn. Or is that the other one? 
sex scene in a barn. There was some werewolf movie that like I wa- was watching with my dad when I was a kid, and there was a sex scene in a barn that my dad changed the channel during, and I still don't know what that movie is. Sex. That sounds like a. Uh... Oh, the howling or something. Maybe. I remember a werewolf and like my dad be like, Nope, we're not watching this and being thinking like well, why can't now I Now that watch that, that sex scene's over, I don't want you to see a werewolf click. <laughs> yeah. My family, because I was the young like youngest by a lot, so it was always like, Melanie, shut your eyes. But like we're watching this, but just like just tune out for a minute. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is a real memory or not, but I, I I think I might have seen Thinner when I was like seven or eight oh, with my yeah. parents, mm-hmm. but my parents turned it off mm-hmm. probably around the car blowjob scene. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I so, have weird memories of that movie where it's like I don't know how I saw it, but I, but I don't see my parents being okay with showing me that movie, so I don't know why I have specific memories of like the first half hour of it. Yeah, it's weird what your brain holds on to from, especially with media, why you're, like that, you you having a memory of, uh, like, a sex scene in a barn, it's a werewolf film, it's like, that's so discombobulated, and you're like, why is that the only thing I remember about this? And I have stuff yeah. like that where there's like, I, which I'm not going to get into it because I don't explain it very well, there is a horror film that I remember seeing a clip of when I was little, and I have Googled, I have Reddited, it, like, I have looked for this film, and no one knows what it is, and everyone's typically, they're like, oh, it's Creepshow. I'm like, it's not. Like, I've seen mm. Creepshow. That's you, not it. Once I see it, it's going to... You're going to have to tell me the clues later. I, yeah, I will, but it's, it's like, I know once I figure out what it is, it's going to, like, unlock a fold in my brain, and I'm going to be like, this is it. Like, this is the moment. But I don't know if that'll ever happen. Hmm. You gotta believe. <laughs> yeah. I like that with uh, this, I think it was a Canadian kid show called, like, The Elephant Show that was on, yep. that I watched when we lived in Alaska. That I, I remember the theme song, and it was stuck in my head for oh. basically since I was, like, two years old. Tiddlewinky dinky dink, tiddlewinky doo. Yeah. I love you. And, and, and there's a random grind of an episode where Bobby sings that and they talk about Elephant Show. And it has, <laughs> and it had like this, like, this, like, my brain opened up and I was like, I finally know what this thing is after like 28 years. Whoa. I know what this is. Yeah. yeah, that's a good feeling. That's weird. And it's also kind of creepy. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of it. It's kind of scary. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. But one one of the songs I remember that like at the it, it doesn't matter. It's, I'm I'm just going to uh, skip the elephant show. We should go back to demons too. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Sally is cool. Let's see, where was I actually going to go with that um, statement? uh, The Twin Peaks girl with dark hair, who's Sherilyn Finn Mm -hmm. to me. Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she she looks a little bit like her. She's, and she's been in, because I couldn't place, I kept thinking I was just like, okay, so I'm I'm thinking she's another actress, but I looked up her um, other credits. It's like, oh, she's been in a ton of stuff I've seen, so obviously... Like, opera was the thing I was thinking of. I was like, she kind of looks like that girl. I'm like, that's because that is that girl. Cool. 
yeah, yeah. she's great uh yeah. oh what's her but, name it's like Coralina I don't the, know the girl in the blue dress my first thought I was like that looks like uh, Melly in her profile picture is this why she picked the movie <laughs> but I, I don't know if, if it's because I've never seen you in person or not but like the girl in the blue oh yeah i don't i mean i don't know that people are like yeah i look like that i don't yeah i don't know about that but no i definitely wasn't like well this person looks like me we need to talk about it <laughs> mm-hmm. okay <laughs> I, I don't know I, I, that, that, that just came popped in my head but, but i'm pretty sure that's, it, that's usually why i pick my my movies you know you yeah, like to I, yeah that's why i pick a uh, movie starring a jay nadir Fuck, I think that's his name. The, the, the Indian guy from Office Space. I think that people say I look like him, but I don't really see it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anybody has ever yeah. been like, whenever someone's like, oh, someone's like, you look like this person. I don't know if people are like, yeah, that's, you nailed it. I don't know. Uh, Ajay, uh, Ajay Naidu is his name. Ajay I want to get it right. He's the guy in Bad Santa. Who's at the bar? Who's like giving him a stink eye the whole time? Oh and yeah, I think yeah. He punches him in the in the parking lot. He's in pie apparently. Okay, uh, I like that guy. He's a good character actor. Um, I like the gym scene, uh, not just because there's sweaty men in it, you, but because. Uh, like it's it's just like a 1980s thing that i always appreciate because it's like gym culture it was a thing like yeah. punk culture like they're also bringing that in there but but having like this uh low you know floor full of like strong people getting ready to fight these demons i was kind of like what if there was like a gymnasium and like a zombie outbreak happened that that's kind of an interesting story and then i was like what if it was like at a mall and then i was like they already made that movie more more than once i was like oh yeah yeah, yeah I, I was thinking dead rising because you get the gym and i only played the first one but the gym was my favorite part of the first one. Oh yeah wow i haven't thought about that game in a minute um for me i because i i have like a weird i love 80s horror set in gyms like death spa uh killer workout mm-hmm. even like murder rock i know it's that's like a dance studio but still it's like the fashion everything about it I, it does not mm-hmm. matter the quality of the film if it is any sort of horror film set in a gymnasium i'm gonna love it so hard and this is no exception because it's a really good sequence it's so out of it's absurd whenever they start picking up like the barbells and dumbbells and they're just throwing it at these demons like yeah that'll take care of it and i also love when they're trying to get out of like i don't know if they're they're leaving the gym area because the the situation of where exactly i understand they're near the parking garage from the gym but i don't know i'm assuming that this is just the the bottom level there's a gym in the parking garage i don't know but whenever they're trying to get out so there's these windows all the windows in the high rise are barred no one can get out but there's these bars and he's taking like a chair or like one of the the barbells and like hitting it against the windows uh trying to bust them open and bust these bars off at one point he just picks up a plotted plant and just 
chucks it at the window and he's like, oh, that didn't work. All right, we got to go do something else. It's just so absurd. <laughs> Everyone had has like those huge pod plants in their apartments. Like seems to be like the the like official one of the rules that like, you have to have at least like X amount of tall potted plants in your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And every Not time, a lot of people seem yeah. to live in a high rise either. By the way, it's true. Yeah, yeah. but uh, is this supposed to be Europe or America, or is it just? Because I was watching because with the dub, it, I mean it's Italian, so there will be, will be a dub. But part of me is thinking like, are they? Do they think they're tricking Americans, or is it just supposed to be like vague yeah. European city? Yeah, I don't know because it. I don't think it states anywhere. Because it's like you start out with the the meta movie within a movie, and then, yeah, I don't think it really... Which also, since you're bringing up where we are, the movie that everyone's watching, it, like, it's a meta thing where they're talking about the demons. Do you take that as if this is a, like, a made-for-TV movie that they're all watching about the event of the first films where the demons really happened and everyone's just okay with it on the planet? Or are you taking it as like, no, it's just mm. they're watching a horror movie, like something that would have been like a 90s Stephen King special where everybody tuned in? I assumed it was related to the first movie because when the first, because they're looking for like the demon corpses and yeah. like the, and there's like the girl who like cuts herself and like you get that great shot with the blood dripping into the mouth but like yeah i i think it is supposed to be like the 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 connective tissue besides like a couple of the cast members i've never bled into anything's mouth like that like you gotta have some precision aim also that was a huge cut you see how much blood was coming out of there okay no sorry uh i do, I do think okay, it's a good idea it... not to bleed on anything if you can avoid it because you will awake demons yeah that's what i'm always worried yeah. about demon this demon that <laughs> Um, I said, you know, I haven't seen the first movie, so I don't know, but I, I assumed it was just like a, uh, kind of like a, when did the Evil Dead come out? Original is 81. Okay. That's what I was thinking. It was kind of like playing the tape in the cabin, you know, unleashes this thing, you know, somebody watching this, this, <laughs> and I think it's just happens to be the, the eight o'clock movie <laughs> for Saturday or whatever. Hmm. Whatever their thing, and uh, the lucky winner happened to be Sally. <laughs> yeah, and even though it was like it's all uh, like early stages CGI, like for some like CGI like twenty years ago, I can't look at. But CGI from like forty years ago is like, oh, this is kind of charming. Yeah, which and... what CGI? Oh, here you go. Well, because like the TV thing, I was I read how they did that. Obviously, I didn't take notes on it, so this isn't very helpful. It's just my very half-assed research. But it's like they had like a like a latex like cloth that they put over the TV, and then there was a mask, and he like stretched into it. Hmm. It was like projection or something. I assume, right? Okay, maybe because like it looked. It's like uh, there's early CG in this anim- anime movie from around the same time, uh, Golgo 13, I think it was called, that like kind of looks like that, but okay. Or maybe uh, maybe it was enhanced with like CG, early CG possibly. 
Oh yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, people can't fly through the air like that. <laughs> no, but a uh, Galgo uh, thirteen has some um, shots of a helicopter flying through a city. It's like, oh man, in the eighties, it was not, uh, it was not close, and it doesn't match the style or any or color scheme or anything of the anime. That's yeah, that's something they did on like animated movies. I want to say it's like all of a sudden oh, one part would yeah. be like CGI. Like, okay, so I was watching. Oh, this is so stupid, but I was watching it. Um, the sequel, the Christmas sequel of Beauty and the Beast, like Bell's Enchanted Christmas or <laughs> something. Don't don't knock it. Anyways, I think that Tim Curry plays an evil organ, and the rest of it. The rest of it is like the normal animation style. Like I don't know if it was still hand drawn at that point, but it's it's clearly you're going from very bad CGI anytime the organs shown and then cutting back into the normal animation style and it is very bizarre. It looks awful. And I was totally fine with that as a little kid. I was like, Yeah, that looks great. And mm-hmm. I just kept fixating on it while I was watching it. Like I felt like I was on something. Cause it was like, How did they think that this blended? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Courage of Cowardly Dog did a Gerg was really good at mixing styles and animation. Cause I saw some YouTube. That's probably my favorite cartoon ever, and it and I saw something talking about like why a show was effective, and um it uh they would like if they wanted something to be creepy they would switch animation styles, to, so it would mm-hmm. like have be off putting. So like, like there's like it a, jolts you yeah yeah there's like a there's a large marge like jump scare thing in one episode that's like claymation mixed with the like cell animation there's one with like this kind of weird flat cg like mummy that's like haunting courage throughout the whole episode oh yeah oh i wonder if that's streaming anywhere i'm sure it is i haven't watched that in so long but i loved that show yeah the last episode uh, i can't even read a description of it and not cry because that's the one where i believe that's one where you learn what happened to his parents and he confronts, like, the evil scientist that did the horrible thing. Yeah. This sounds like a drama. You know, I'm, I'm here to okay. watch a cartoon, guys. Well, it's a great show that you, every kid should watch. Because not, not, sometimes cartoons should be sad and weird. It's true. So, uh, can you guys just, like, completely spoil the ending for me? Like, uh, this this lady just has the baby? Or, so Because she's pregnant in the movie? She yeah she does. So, what is your expectation? Since you haven't seen the ending, what do you think that baby's gonna be like? Or do you think the baby's like totally fine? Like everything's good with I, it? I hope that it's not all messed up. But I don't. I mean, it didn't. It, I feel like if you're willing to turn a child into a demon, then why not a baby? Next step, you know, or at least like the baby seems normal, and then the, at the right before the credits roll, the baby looks at the screen. It's got the glowing eyes. Yeah, yeah. So I, she has the baby. It's totally fine. There is a really cool sequence that, um, like them climbing down from the or kind of rappelling off of the building to get down uh to the ground level again on the outside of it and you have sally she's back she's running across the roof all pissed off and then she just falls down well she like rides the rope down but it looks crazy it's so there are so many great shots at the end of this film like they're throughout too but she gets a lot of screen time and she really goes for it but they end up in this 
again, it's like a, it looks like a theater, but it's a movie set, like a, or not a movie set, a studio, like a television set um, in mm. front of a live audience, but there's no audience. So they turn on all these lights and mechanics and it they're making these really cool noises. Like all the sound effects are great. And they think that they've gotten away from Sally because uh, the big hunky boy with glasses stabs her and she has the baby in the studio and her husband, you know, like takes it and he's going to go clean it up and then get her water. And as they're walking away, him and the baby, she looks up and she sees Sally walking in one of the monitors. She can see her in front of the curtain and uh, there's a bit of a fight scene with Sally in this big studio and they persevere. Wow. Yeah. They they kill her by destroying all the TV monitors. They just smash her up. But, uh, it's true. That's the only way to stop the demons. You shut the TV off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's a good, it's a good moral, but, uh, they did shoot. So the baby's normal. You'll be happy to know. It's perfectly fine to completely spoil the ending, but they did shoot a version where the baby was born like a demon all funky but they ended up cutting it so you get a happy ending yeah <laughs> i guess i'll take what i can get yeah i don't i don't know uh what the uh better ending would be i guess so. i was just i was just personally not in the mood for any undead babies nope. or dead pregnant women no nope. uh, <laughs> nope, it's it, you know that guy no i totally get it no it's 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 a fairly happy ending, which I, I don't know. It might have been an article through maybe someone that writes for Arrow wrote it. I can't remember, but I, I read it a couple of days ago where they were talking about how they were like, it's so smart that they don't go for this, you know, horrific ending that you're kind of expecting through just the rules of the movie, how people turn, how one minute they're fine and the next minute they're a demon. And... You know, that's that's what they're setting you up for, that expectation. But then they were like, but it's also super anticlimactic. So it's like, well, what do you want, mm. though? I mean, I, I do like the ending. I know I'm explaining it in a way that's very low-key, but I think there's so many good shots that, I don't know, I, I love that whole set piece at the end. Yeah, I love, like, the, the like, you, you know, like, it's a weird commentary on, like, media the whole time, but then the ending, like, takes up to like like to like 11 where it's like wait what is this ending exactly and i'm still not really sure i just know that i like it i like that it doesn't do like um like like you'd expect it to be like i don't know like like religious or something with like the demon stuff but this is like no it's just kind of like the tv and the movies and you know shit like that and it's like this really like weird I don't, I don't say trippy way to end it, but like it is kind of a trippy way to end it. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially having that expectation from the first film where you walk in and you're like, oh, they're back in the theater. And then they turn and it's like, oh, it's a studio. This is weird. And also it's like, is there someone else here? It, it's just odd. It, it does look like a televangelist set, too. Like they're getting ready to like someone's going to step out and start <laughs> preaching about something. And you're like, oh, shit. Hmm. Yeah. Like I was, I was expecting like, like uh, something like those um the clips of like the quote unquote Japanese game shows that I'm sure they're all like that <laughs> where like you know a random crowd shows up out of nowhere like I was expecting something like that to happen. 
You, like, you've just been on a show this entire time. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. Um, where... Okay, so, there's all this... So, the... What do you guys think of the stuff in the garage where they're, like, they're um, barricading the thing, like, the, the doors, and they're, like, ripping up the car seats? Like, were, were car <laughs> seats that easy to rip out before? What, what's going on with this? I don't know cars. Based on uh, based on this movie and Commando, I'd say yes. Yeah, no, everyone knows that you can... Well, I mean, I guess it would be anything like... Anything like 89 Probe earlier, yeah. You can rip the seats yeah. out, no problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, I, this is another thing, though, that is directly lifted from the first film, where they just, they're like, we gotta make a barricade, so let's just get all of the... You know, in the first one, it's all the seats. And this one, it's like, we need the car seats. Rip them out. It'll be fine. And then they turn into, like, a weird... Like, instead of running over the demons, they're just, like, in a car derby. Like, it doesn't make any sense what they're doing. It's bizarre. Yeah, the the plan uh, to barricade. It's like, okay, we can barricade, but only so far. Yeah, <laughs> like, I... Like, go block the stairwell, run them down, you know, have cars ready to, like, crash in. Like, this is... I have a plan. Yeah, but, but those demons can really jump, too, so it's like... I they're agile, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that they're in a tough spot. I just feel, you know, I mean, I I can't cast a stone like obviously if i was in that position i'm gonna be a demon like i'm not gonna get away from them so i'm not saying my plan would work any better but i just feel like maybe they could have organized i was really expecting hank to step it up and formulate a plan and that just didn't happen yeah and okay so so in the first movie i like that hank is like i guess he's on a date with two women in the first one Mm -hmm. because like it's his wife and i guess is the other woman or maybe it's us two women. I don't know. But he's like... like His wife and the other but, but there's a real vibe of like... I guess I guess it's like a thruple or something. But like... Uh, and then and this... But... Uh, yeah, but like, seeing, like, seeing him going from like... This like player to like... Oh, he's like a, a gem rat. It's like... Okay, that's a weird leap to take. I was expecting like... Uh, um... I don't know, maybe, like, he'd have, like, a kid or something, but it's like, no, he's just, like, a like a trainer. Yeah, he, he got super into fitness and his body. Yeah, yeah. are you are you insinuating that somebody who, who uh, is, like, a professional trainer can also be a player, like, on his time off? Okay, fine. But, uh, okay, so <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of horror queers, and so, like, I, I'm always on the look for, like, for like this other for like gay subtext or like more penis stuff because like they talk about that so much it's kind of like it, it, it's infecting my brain a little bit so turn to dick grab like mm-hmm. he's wearing sweatpants so like he, some baggy sweatpants so like you can't see anything but during dick grab it's like did he stuff his pants with like a sausage because like for a brief brief moments you get like an outline of like is that like a huge dick or is that like or did they like stuff it so it would look good it's the way it looks i assume i mean who again who am i to assume but i do that it is stuffed in some way because one it's a very forceful grab so i would hope that he has padding down there and it goes on for so long and they like pull 
So it's like it starts at the top of his sweatpants. Whenever you said that you wanted to talk about this, I went mm-hmm. back and watched that scene again. So I was like, okay, I just want to make sure that I'm getting all the angles and that I know what I need to talk about. But it it is such a prolonged scene. I didn't remember it them holding his dick for that long. <laughs> it's I just crazy. didn't remember it. <laughs> like the like the like the only other scene I can think of like this is the the mediocre Bronson movie, um, Evil at Mendo. That has some really great moments where Bronson like twists twists a man's penis to knock him out in a bar fight. <laughs> you, you have to see the <clears throat> movie to know what I'm talking about. But like it's a similar thing of like what what's going on here with like grabbing with like twisting? Does this like almost like jerking him off? It's I don't understand. Because like you're okay. Again, playing with expectations, you think that you're about to get some like you know, for lack of a better word, some meaty gore, you do, you, and nothing happens. It's just a close-up of his sweatpants and the arm, and it, it's just... Reaction shot. Yeah, it's like you don't, it, there's nothing, I don't know. I mean, I love it. I'm glad that it's there, <clears throat> but it's just odd. Yeah, <laughs> we can only hope that there is an unedited version where we get to see not only the fake hog that the, uh, <laughs> The demons are pulling, but uh, Hank's actual dick, just so that we can know for sure what was really going on down there. No, guys, what's going on here? That, that, look, uh, I guess, that scene, that scene uh, is. If I see any, could be cut from the if movie. I see him a penis now. My first thought was like, is like, well, do you see a dick outline? Because like horror queers talk about that shit all the time. So now it's like, it's, now it's like. Now, I'm gonna look out for it lately. I don't know why. <laughs> you like that the character uh, that the uh, the actor that plays Dante Hicks and Clerks, uh, but in Mallrats, when uh, Jason Lee is telling that story about his cousin on the the airplane, he's like, "What did he, did he come or what? <laughs> like, come on, man! There's just some things you don't talk about." <laughs> and also, if anyone here hasn't heard horror queers. Uh, one of the hosts, Trace, loves to talk about cum. Uh, so be prepared for that. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a really fun show. I, I like them a lot there. Mm. It's fun and informative. I see. You know, since you're talking about to go off on another tangent, but you're talking. Have you seen Pompeii? Have either um, of you? From uh, from W. S. Anderson. Uh, I I when it first came out, I was like, "Fuck that shit!" But now I'm a, I'm, <laughs> I'm a convert to Anderson, so I'm, now uh-huh. I do want to see this, it. Is this the movie with Kit Harrington and um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah, that one. No, I haven't seen it. Well, but are are you going to tell me there's like a? Yeah, I, I go on. Well, okay, please. so. <laughs> This is a very brief tangent because we talked about it on, on Cinema Parlor anyways. Nolan, when, before we did our Resident Evil episodes, we, um, or we were watching those movies, he, like, I went hard on all of his films, all of Anderson's films, because it's like, okay, I, this is a guy that I kind of discount that I don't really think a lot of, but that's on me because I haven't watched enough, so... Nolan told me about Pompeii, and he said there was all of this, like, gay subtext in it, and it sounded cool. Like, it actually sounded like it added to the story. I was excited about it. I watched it, and I was like, 
there is nothing happening with any of these boys. I don't understand what he's talking about. And I, it was just funny. I wanted to know if you guys had, had seen it because I, it's the only time I've been disappointed where I was like, I thought there was going to be some weird stuff in this that he was talking about with like Hollywood playing with, you know, these like all of this subtext. Like that's so interesting. And it's like, nope, it's, it's pretty vanilla story. So Mm. yeah. Yeah, uh, that's kind of low on my Anderson watch list. Honestly, I I I will see other ones get to that uh, other ones before I get to that one. Right after Anonymous, yeah. He yeah. didn't do that. That was um. He did do Anonymous. That's Roland Nimbrick, right? Oh, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Oh geez, I I'm so sorry. <laughs> he should be. And uh, oh, I'd like to apologize to the Academy. <laughs> Uh, you guys didn't bring up on the Anderson episode, well, Resident Evil episode, but Secret Anderson episode. Uh, yeah. That uh, he took a pay cut uh, on a- on AVP because a black actress who was one of the leads uh, wanted more, more, more and more money and the studio didn't want to give her more money. And so... Um, well, uh, a- yeah, Anderson, we didn't... We didn't talk about that because they both shit on AVP so hard. And I, well, uh-huh. Nolan, Nolan, not as much, but yeah, like I, I mean, I talk about it on that episode very briefly, yeah. but yeah, I would totally do an episode all on AVP because that is a very interesting point. And I, I can't, eh, I won't get into it, but people shit on that movie yeah. for a lot of undeserved reasons. Yeah. And Pete, and he seems to be like a pretty decent human being. Yeah. Uh, that's know. the thing. I really the more I get to know about him, he, I don't know, he just seems like, a, he's a celebrity, I don't know him, but he seems like a, a decent person, which is yeah. kind of rare to read about lately. Yeah. Uh, he deserves more respect. He's not, yeah. like, a master filmmaker or anything, but, like, he clearly knows what he's doing. He has a clear vision. Autor doesn't just mean, like, Fellini. It, could, it means, like, fucking uh, uh, Dorf Wishman Dora Twishman was a auteur. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure that'd get me canceled in some like film tour circles for even saying her name. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, demons. I also like movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So demons too. It's great. It's uh, we didn't even bring this up yet, uh, or maybe we did, but I forgot. Directed by uh, Lamberto. Yeah, Lamberto Bava. No, we haven't. I was wondering. I was like, there's a tie-in to this to like the last <laughs> episode I was on because we, we talked about Mario Bava and with Blood and Black Lace. And I thought that this would be, since it's, you know, there's a birthday party in it and this is Lamberto, I thought it would be kind of a tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's an excellent choice. I've only seen two of his movies so far and I want to see more of his stuff. I, I, yeah, he, I, yeah. I have not seen that much from him. I've seen the demons movies and then a a blade in a blade in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. I I only thing I really know about him is that he worked with his dad for a long time, and then I don't think he directed anything until after his dad died. Yeah. Well, he. I know that he's like considered like a co writer and co-director for or maybe not even co-director maybe he was just like ad but uh for shock and for 
there's a couple of his his later films that I know he he did AD work on, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I don't him directing a thing. I think his was after his father had passed. I believe you're correct. Yeah, and uh, uh, I don't know. I don't hear people talk about him that much, but I don't know. I'm sure he he must have learned like some like watching these two movies. Like I'm pretty sure he learned, you know some filmmaking shit from his dad and like how to do stuff on the cheap and make it look right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the if I was I feel like I read this somewhere again, very half assed research, but uh I believe that he the first thing he worked on was Planet of the Vampires and that kind of like started the working relationship with him and his dad, which he would have been really young for that too. Which is pretty cool. I can't imagine like that being the first set that you're on. That would be so much fun. I love that movie. I, I think we talked about that on Blood and Black Lace as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, I don't know, we kind of got into a little bit, but, like, what are you guys' favorite moments in Demons 2 that we haven't brought up yet? I really love the... Well, uh, we did kind of already talk about this, the popping around to each house or each apartment and kind of getting a feel for the neighborhood so to say i i love all of that just just random moments like whenever uh they're getting ready for the party whenever the family is having dinner the lady and her dog i just like all these little moments popping around but i really love the way that the setup for the party looks the way they just the the food all the people coming up the elevator that whole moment setting up for everything it's a lot of fun yeah, that that cake looks so good. <laughs> Are you that pregnant woman? Yes. <laughs> she also wanted that like, cake real bad. You don't want your baby to have a birthmark. Isn't that what she kept saying? Because she was having cravings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, as someone with a birth, birthmark, I was offended. Well, yeah, I've, and I'd never heard that, like, old wives' tale or whatever, like that. It's like, I don't know where they're getting this from. I've never heard that. It was very weird. Yeah, what the hell are they talking about? Both me and my sister have, have birthmarks. I think it's a normal thing. Yeah, no, I have a birthmark. It's very normal. I don't have a birthmark. You guys are freaks. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course I have a birthmark. Yeah, mine looks like a dinosaur tooth. <laughs> it doesn't look like a demon tooth. Uh, No, no, no more dinosaur tooth. They, you know, uh, the the demon in the TV and then Sally kept reminding me of the Japanese style, like, ogres mm-hmm. that you'll see in, like, like the old Japanese artwork mm-hmm. on the battlefield. Like, they've got the face shape and the, the you know, the, I think the teeth are jagged and kind of thing like that. They look, they give the idea that they're, like, slimy looking. I thought that was cool. But, uh, I did... I mean, we talked about the gym. I, I did like the gym attack, but mm-hmm. that's that's one of the scenes that kind of disappointed me because they were like, kind of like squishing these guys inside the gymnasium. Like, this is the perfect opportunity for some like <laughs> surprise gore or something. And like, oh no, we just we kind of see them get like, oh no, they're 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 squishing me, and then <laughs> the scene cuts. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this where you have that moment where you're like, oh, it's gonna happen, and then you're like, or oh, it'll just cut away. Okay, all right. Yeah, and uh, and like 
uh, with the gym stuff, like besides like the the short shorts on men, like I forgot like one piece one piece uh, like workout things for women. And like the first five minutes, I was like, "What the fuck are they wearing? That that looks." Are so you talking stupid. about like, leotards? Because yeah, leotards. It looks silly. That's the height of height of gym fashion <laughs> in the eighties. I don't know what you're talking about. That and leg yeah. warmers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a Chitara war, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Melanie, I assume you have a, a set of gym leotards and leg warmers. Why are we talking about her clothes? What's going but on? But I, okay. th- I do, though, so <laughs> oh. okay. I'm not embarrassed about that. Okay. Spencer, I, I assume you have a pair of bib overalls <laughs> and a sh- one shoe with a hole in it. No. I, I have, like, basketball. Well, I, I do. I have, like, basketball Jeez. shorts and, like, gym shirts. Because I don't, like. I don't like wearing shorts. I don't like showing off my legs. But that's me. Makes mm. it's a Delaware thing. No, I'm I'm this weird. I, I don't like I like wearing pants. I like being covered up. It would be bold uh. if everyone just decided to revert back to '80s gym fashion. Like all of a sudden, if you went to the gym and every like guys were in just these short shorts. I don't know. I think I would. I think it would be good for everybody. It, it would be, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. For comfort wise, I wouldn't enjoy it. Well, yeah, and you just I you mean, just you... said you don't like to. You want your your pants. That's completely fair. Yes. But I do. I just think they should have the options. You know, if they want to go high, high, go for it, guys. Whatever you need to do. Yeah. Yep. She's right. Yeah. <laughs> Revolution. Yeah, but uh, uh, my uh, a great moment that we didn't talk about is uh, uh, Buff Bobby in an elevator breaking out and like climbing up the rope in that sequence, where it's like it's, it's basically <laughs> like, like it's like an Arnold action sequence or like a something you see in Die Hard a year, uh, no, two years later. Die Hard's action. It's just the oh. presidential fitness test. I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very Bruce Willisy. It's it's. I don't know, and I like him once he gets to the top of the elevator, like slamming the grating. Like again, I for me, it's like I thought that was another moment where we were, we were gonna get some. Not that I'm like a gore hound or anything, but I think it sets you up where you think you're gonna get, like, oh, it's gonna be gross, and it's like, oh no, just just hit him with the grate and they fall down. Okay. Yeah, yeah but this- I mean, it's yeah, I'm not a gore hound either, but it's you know, it's fun. Like that's that's part of the thing. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, oh, oh my god, that was hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's a fun and shocking. It's like a fun action sequence in this like, you know, uh, in this crazy horror movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so I told you guys uh, uh, beforehand we're gonna bring up like you know one or two favorite birthday memories. For this birthday special, which uh, <coughs> will come out on Melanie your birthday, because uh, uh, it it's the earliest date, and also <laughs> um, the uh, Hiroshima Monomore episode will won't be recorded until July, so because um, uh, Sam is Sam Deegan's kind of real busy, but uh, oh, and by her book. It it came out. Um, it's finally officially out. I got I pre-ordered it and got it a couple days ago, and uh, it's great. Um, you know, uh, not just saying it because like I'm a fan of her because it it's a great like this like a uh, uh, book on like World War Two 
in art, European art house cinema. It looks awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, um, uh, Melanie, you can go first. Like, what's what are some birthday memories you want to uh, talk about? Okay. So I, whenever you like, I I saw your message where like yeah we'll talk about memories and birthday moments i was like yeah cool then i actually sat down and i was like okay let's think of birthday memories and not to be a bummer because i don't it's like not a bummer thing at all but my birthdays are like comedically always historically they just go wrong not in a sally not in a sally way but i and i don't know if you guys have this experience too but um i do (laughs) well being a kid with your birthday in the middle of the summer especially like my family moved around a lot so I was the new kid in school a lot so I had family birthdays I didn't have like big friend birthdays there's only a few instances where I remember being like a younger kid where I feel like birthdays mean like the birthday party it's a bigger deal um like there's only a couple instances and they were total nightmares so the first one I can remember uh I got a cop I don't know if I was four or five but I got a copy of fox and the hound as a birthday gift and we put it in and like my mom is she goes all out like she loves a a theme she loves parties she loves decorating she's very nurturing so she was just like went all out made this great slumber party for me and my friends we put on uh fox and the hound everyone started bawling as soon as the fox gets dumped in the forest which is like still the beginning of the movie and everyone Hmm. had to leave (laughs) so that was like the first thing that i was just like oh wow and like it was i mean people all these kids were distraught so it was fair um so there's that i finished the movie and then i think the next year i had a i was taking like swimming lessons or something at the y and uh someone put the birthday cake as we were coming into the facility because we were gonna have uh like our swimming lesson and then have the party afterwards and someone put the cake which was a little mermaid cake and it had a like an aerial topper on it put it on top of a car and it was so hot because it's again middle of summer and I just remember looking up and seeing the cake was dripping inside the like the plastic lid it was just dripping off the side and I was like oh a cake and Ariel just like fell off I was like oh man but like I wasn't upset or anything I was just like oh whatever that's the thing and like no one ate the cake and everyone was just like this is gross because it's all melty i'm like that's fair (laughs) like every birthday it was something like that and i think Mm. as i got older it was just like this is why i completely understand sally wanting to just go into her room and watch a horror film i get it like no expectation you don't want to be the center of attention like you love your friends you're good with it but you're just like i'm gonna peace out and i'm gonna have just like me time like totally fair too but yeah, my birthday, mm. like, all of them were just kind of, like, hot messes. But in the best way. My mom did, like, a great job. It's just they never panned out right, which is how it mm. happens sometimes. Um, yeah, uh, for me, I always had, like, a, like two or three close friends in school, and I kept it at that because it's easier to manage. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh. Uh, I'm I, I'm a shyer person, and having two or three friends is like, yeah, I I've I my quota. I'm I'm satisfied socially. Um. 
So and so basically in high school, my birthdays were uh, my two best friends uh, would always come down. We would just like sleep over. They sleep over, and we just like play. At the time, I had Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and uh, we just like play like Halo Two or Three all night. And it's just like very simple, and like those were just like very fun times. When it's like, oh, I don't have responsibility. Uh, except for like you know, wait five years later when when you do have responsibility. But, yeah, uh, you know that that last gasp of like childhood. But um, and the other big one is the first one I had with Mary, where we went to a state park that uh that I like, uh, a Cape Cape Henlopen. It's by the beach, so it's like. Uh, trees and sand and so it's like it's just like I just like the combination of I'm not a beach person but I do like the forest like uh, state parks near beaches because they look extra pretty to me for some reason for that combination and we just went on a hike and then we went to this nice sushi restaurant and uh, it was just a uh, you know a, a very nice uh, like first uh, birthday with uh, partner. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, J Dog. I get, I ain't I ain't got no stories. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, like it's it's not that every one is my you know birthdays has been a disaster or anything like that. I've I've had perfectly fine birthdays, but the the ones that I want, the ones that I've always wanted are low key. Like I'm an introvert. I don't like being. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like large amounts of people and I don't like, uh, expectations and, uh, that's, that's why it's not going to work out between us. I know we've been, you know, trying to figure it out and, and you know what? You deserve a better person than what I can be for you. No, wait, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking <clears> about? Happy birthday. Are you breaking up with me? Uh, No. No, on the, you're you're fine. On the birthday, episode? you send me gifts. See, that's that's the best thing. Like yes. uh, birthday, ooh, gifts. Thank you. Uh, yeah, like I mean, I'm trying to think of. It, see, the, like when I think of birthday, yeah. Oh, all you can think of like uh, are times where I either a were embarrassed myself or b, uh, it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> like for my thirtieth birthday. Uh, I was uh, went to Mexico, which I never do. I never go to Mexico, but uh, me and Sarah and Sarah's sister and the person that Sarah's sister was uh, married to, uh, he he had family on the other side, and so there was like a cabin that we were going to go to, and it was like it was all planned out. Everything was planned out, so we drove down there, and uh, after we'd already crossed, or no, uh, the we made plans to go do it. And then the morning of, uh, he found out that somebody was already using the cabin. So I was like, oh, well, don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to find a cheap hotel. No, we're not. It was Rosarito. The, the prices are freaking crazy. We all packed into one room. And then, <laughs> like, on the day of my, like, it, we weren't going down there because it was my birthday. It just happened to be a coincidence. But I remember, like, not sleeping well because we didn't have any like we a bed between like four people uh sleeping on the floor and stuff like that and walking around um and i'm already like out of my element 
being that I don't speak Spanish. And then I remember we walked by this bar and somebody said, oh, it's his birthday. And three women came over with bottles of tequila. And I was like, please don't. And they they were like, lean back your head, lean back your head. And everyone was like, be a good sport. Like, So I leaned back my head and they all poured into my mouth at the same time. And I, you know, all of a sudden I was intoxicated, but I was so miserable. Oh. <laughs> Happy birthday. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> no, I like, I totally relate to that, though, because I want to, mine were all, have been pretty disastrous. There's been good ones, but again, any of like the good ones that I remember, they are not interesting because they sound boring, but they were delightful. It was just super, super yeah. low key. Like, I think two years ago, like I played D and D for my birthday. It was just like all my closest friends and it was so calm and so peaceful like no one was drunk not that that's that's like a problem but it was just like super chill i was like this is good this is where i need to be yeah this year i'm actually taking work taking work off for um my birthday which was the first time since i've been working i've done that because i realized uh i i should take a day off for my birthday because you know uh why keep working when you know you have a perfectly good excuse yeah uh, yeah, but yeah. So you know, I I have some stuff planned out for for my thirtieth birthday. So, uh, and which is similar to one of the things I said earlier, <laughs> which which is still enough. Like, yeah, I'm turning thirty. I should do something for that. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, so uh. <laughs> Uh, but my only last thing I, I think that popped in my head was like I, I, I remember that I shared a birthday with Mindy Kaling, but no one cares. Oh, Rob Downey <laughs> Senior, that's a pretty cool one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I share a birthday with Bruce Campbell and Meryl Streep. I think are the big ones. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, who was it? Oh, Solange Knowles. That's the big one for me. But uh, yeah. Although according to well, I'm a first D group that doesn't that kind of disbanded after like a, two months. Uh, one of the people had a controversial opinion of Solange's the better sister, which I don't have much of an opinion on because I don't care about <laughs> either one that much. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a, that is an odd stance to just like she's the better sister. It's like all right, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so uh, this is eighty six. Uh, cause uh, well, Melly, you seem to have uh, uh, more trouble picking stuff from this year. So, so what, what, what would you recommend from eighty six? Well, okay. So it's not that I have trouble picking. It's just that I feel like there's so many big ones that people are going to be like, oh man. So it's like, they're not a recommendation because I'm sure most people that are like really into cinema have already watched them. But so I'm just going to go for things that I personally, I think people need to watch Cobra, Manhunter, Castle in the Sky, The Devil's Honey, and we'll do vamp those are a couple from that year and that's just like i just started like 
jotting down things that I was thinking of that I was like, okay, so this is from this. Whenever I actually looked up the year, I'm like, holy cow, it's it's such a big year. But yeah, those are my recommendations. I don't really have anything to say. It's just they're all good movies that I really enjoy. All right. Um, I, I have two that I have seen and one that I have not seen that I plan on seeing at some point. Um, the one I haven't seen is Summer Night, the uh, Lena Vertmuller movie. All I know is it stars this actress that she worked with a lot. Well, they're both still alive. What's her name? Uh, Mary Angela, Mary Angela uh, Maleto. Um, she's uh, what's a big thing people know her from? Um, Love and Anarchy, another Vertmuller movie, is like probably like the big thing and. And if you're into Italian movies from the 70s, 80s, you know who she is. Uh, I was like she was in the Petri movie, too. But I can't remember. That's bothering me. Because there's a big one I'm forgetting. Uh, but, yeah, it's Fart Mueller. I'm sure it's great. It's one that's beloved. And the two I have seen. One is uh, Death Shadows, the Hideo Gosha movie. It's like the one goofy, goofy-ish movie he did in his late career. And uh, it's kind of like a action ninja movie, the way he would do it, which is like over two hours. The plot is overly complex, but there's a lot of commentary about class and um, wealth and stuff like that. And like, well, his politics are confusing. I'm not sure what they are, but uh, but it gets political and like stuff like that. But it's. It's on uh, Cartarian Channel. Um, I I don't know if they're going to start with necessarily, but it's still a, a weird little like ninja action movie done with like uh, like a prestige level of like uh, of craft with like something that's usually not given that. Uh, and the Pied Piper, the Yuri Barta uh, start mo- stop motion film. It's uh, about 50 minutes. It's, I believe, completely silent. No dialogue. And it's this kind of eerie, creepy, dark retelling of the Pied Piper. And uh, it's... Uh, uh, Yuri Barta didn't make that many like uh, things longer than like five minutes. But uh, the stuff he did is just fascinating, weird, and dark. And this one is just like... Uh, like, not, not to... Not to, not to say like it's not your not your your mom's Pied Piper, but it really like is not your mom's Pied Piper. It's like a different, cool take on it. Uh, with uh, it's on YouTube. I think all stuff is on YouTube in full, except for the the feature film we did. But uh, yeah, Pied Piper, nineteen eighty six. It's uh, it's eerie and creepy, and just like it, it, unforgettable. J-Dog. Unforgettable. Okay, uh, where did I put my glasses? Oh, they're there. Okay, so, yeah, that's the, the movies, eh? Yeah. I've heard of movies, but movies that I haven't, like, talked about. I mean, we talked about this when we watched She's Gotta Have It, it looks like. Yeah, with uh, Jared. 
Night of the Creeps and yeah. Matador. Oh, wait. Uh, I don't know if Jared ever says on the show, but he has friends who were in Spike's film class. And they, he said, according to them, Spike is a very... He expects a lot out of his... Out of, if you're taking a class, he like assumes you will give it like 100% effort. And like he's kind of hard. Uh, it's a hard class to to get through, apparently. Mm. Yeah, you know what? I don't have anything new to recommend from, from this year. I feel like we've got <clears throat> everything covered from previous episodes. Uh, like, what, what am I going to say? Uh, three Amigos? That's probably problematic. <laughs> Manhunter? Probably problematic. No, no, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Thomas Harris is problematic. I, I, my number one favorite movie from the year 1986, and this is difficult to choose because there actually was some pretty damn good stuff, but it's Labyrinth. Yeah. Hmm. Which has, uh, you know, it's a it's fantasy and it's music, and it's it's the perfect movie for showing any. Any young woman uh, starting from the age of seven on to the age of, uh, I don't know, how to, you know, 75. If you show it to a boy who's seven, he'll pretend he doesn't like it, but he'll appreciate it much more when he's older. That's me. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with my brother. I think I ruined a VHS copy of that from our rental store. And he was always like annoyed because he's he's three and a half years older than me, one of my brothers, and he would act annoyed, but he was always right next to me on the couch watching it. It's like, (laughs) there are other rooms in this house, my friend. You can go. Oh, that was me when my sister (laughs) had to watch Clueless. Uh, I'd be like, this movie's stupid, but I want to watch it. Stacy, Stacy has never seen that film. I I don't know why we were talking. Oh, it was my own private Idaho. Uh, talking about Shakespeare and, you know, modern takes on Shakespeare, and he's never seen Clueless. I blew my mind. Hmm. Well, he should. Don't watch a... Don't, I, don't tell him to watch a TV show, because it's not very good, from what I remember. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> just just tell him to look up Stacy Dash on uh, <laughs> some uh, Fox News yeah. stuff, and uh, then, that'll be enough. Didn't they drop her? Not to go on another... Yeah, uh, yeah, but but nonetheless, the videos exist. Yeah, <laughs> forever on the internet. Yep, she's mm. not gonna shake it. Nope. Yeah, I I mean I did I did a whole two series episode uh, or a two episode on Labyrinth for Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space with Sarah because it's also one of her favorite movies. And, like the puppetry is is so amazing. Like the, the just the skill. It's like I I don't care if you're one of those people who doesn't like David Bowie music for some reason, and you're entitled to your opinion. The like the the craftsmanship and artistry of this movie, I think, is actually kind of comparable to Demons Two, where it's like you're kind of expecting it to be silly and and you know like something you can instantly forget. And Demons 2 has these, like, these things that I'm now associating with Italian horror, which are, like, these perfectly planned out shots with, like, shadow in the right places and and an effect that, like, will catch your eye, like the glowing eyes and the stairways that we were talking about. And, and with Labyrinth, it's, 
it's so busy. Like every scene is so busy with the background and characters and like actual like <laughs> tumbleweeds. Yeah, there's so much texture to the film and Jim Henson. It's like you can tell it. There's so much of his own. He's he put so much passion into so much stuff that he did, but that one, it's like you could tell it was really special for him. So it not doing well. You know, initially, whenever it releases, it's just so heartbreaking because there's so much craft in it. And not just him, it's his whole team. But every scene, there's so much. It's it, every, I mean, it's just like you said, every single space of that film is something has been crafted. Yeah. I wonder why it didn't do well when it was initially, like, did it not have the correct audience figured out were they i yeah aiming for wasn't, young men or something you wasn't know, the I, 80s a bad time for bowie career-wise too yeah i mean no i don't know i i don't know specifically about bowie i know that initially they were thinking about having michael jackson in that role mm. because he he very much wanted to have someone i'm sure you talked about this on your episodes but um you know he wanted a pop figure he wanted someone that had that mindset specifically thinking of it this being important because young girls idolize you know male pop stars typically and um i don't yeah i don't know if it was the bowie connection that was the issue i just think it didn't find and i i could be wrong but i feel like dark crystal kind of had that same thing where people just didn't know what to expect with it with it being all puppets in a feature length film and with this it's you know you have your leads but it's mostly puppets so i don't know if that through i really don't know why because looking at it i mean there's so many films that's like they bombed and it's like how did you let this flop like i don't understand but yeah Yeah. because you'd think this would be just mega bucks like it would just like hemorrhage money to their pockets but no it, it flopped so i don't know it's such a bummer it, it i have like a weird like very sentimental thing with jim henson specifically like i i don't know it's like one of those people like you feel like for i don't know you just feel connection to and him yeah. like his passing i remember like learning about him passing away when i was little because obviously he died before i was born but i was just like oh my god like this is heartbreaking he was such an artist he was so young and it's like mel it happened a while ago like we're okay we've moved on <laughs> but still just the thought of labyrinth like flopping and him being depressed about that and it's like he never really got to see that revival of like what a cult film it is and how beloved it is so mm. yeah yeah I've never heard of Dark Crystal or Labyrinth until I was in college. And uh, I didn't get into Henson and Muppet stuff until, like, honestly, like, three years ago. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. That's a lot of people. It just seems like it's one of those things that, I mean, you just weren't a Muppet house or you were a Muppet house. I don't know. Yeah. My house was, like, we didn't really have, like, a a pop culture media thing. Uh, My parents aren't really, like, movie people. They're more into watching like TV, and they're not like <laughs> they're not like super fans or or anything. So like they never like really forced anything on me, except for Mel Brooks. Which, uh, yeah, that, I think that's the one thing my parents were like, you have to watch Mel Brooks. And like, I so I didn't grow up with like comic books or like uh, you know Muppets or like shit like that. It's really funny. Like the one thing is like they're like when they're casual about everything else, and they're like Brooks, you're <laughs> watching, you're watching the whole the whole filmography. Yeah, well, they're like, well, they're pretty much like, they're like, uh, well, oh, you're 12? Uh, you're old enough for Blazing Saddles. 
which (laughs) I sit down. We're watching 12 chairs. (laughs) High anxiety. That's what we're doing. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I had white friends who were, who told me in high school, that blazing saddles was too racist to be funny. And I, I was with like, I had nothing to say because I can't understand how someone can not think it's funny. But I guess it's offensive, but I don't think of it as being that offensive, personally. Uh, editor's note, I forgot to say this in recording, but I also share a birthday with Peter Weller and Nancy Allen, who are the stars of RoboCop. And I'm sure uh, Joel and Melanie would have loved that if I remembered that. Back to the episode. I think it... I mean, that's that's a you can you can understand why somebody would find it offensive yeah. at the very least. Yeah, I get it. That, that, you know, speaking of Three Amigos, I'm I'm half Mexican, and that was a movie my family watched all the time. Like, if it is offensive, I don't know, but you know, my dad, who was the Mexican side of my family, you know, would be like, "Are you going to Waffle?" You know, <laughs> something like that, or whatever. You know, and we quote around the house or, or things like that, and. Uh, I, I understand. Like, if somebody found parts of the, the movie offensive, I would totally get that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, this comes out June 22nd, uh, Mel's birthday. So, um, by this time, or around this time, um, what, what what's going on with you, podcast-wise, writing-wise, whatever? Um, okay, so, for, let's see... We'll release uh, our Pride episode. It'll be out by that point. I think that'll be out either tomorrow or uh, Monday. I'm not sure which. And then uh, we've got King Kong 1976 coming up. We're going to do... That'll probably be around that time. I imagine if it's not out yet, it'll drop just a few days after this drops. But we're covering... Basically, we're going to go through that new Blu-ray disc because we're all so stoked that it finally got a nice Blu-ray release. So we're going to talk about the TV version of that. And we'll probably uh, I'm going to force Nolan to watch King Kong Lives, which is actually a 1986 film as well, if anyone wants to watch that, because it is not good, but it's a sequel to the 76. So that's what we've Hmm. got coming up. All right. Um, J-Dog. I can't think of anything to announce at this point. Aren't you going to be on Cinema Parlor talking about Alex Cox movies? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be. I haven't even talked to them about that. <laughs> okay. It's like tomorrow. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Well, uh, you can see me live in Vegas on the 23rd, though. Sure. Uh, uh, oh, uh, maybe by this point I would have recorded with LB and Andrew. On their podcast, Grumpire, um, the podcast for their site, that's awesome. Um, and uh, the, the premise of their podcast is you pick any movie, but the movie you don't like, and you pair it with a movie you do like that's similar. And so I picked Mandy as one I don't like, and I picked for what I do like, I Saw the Devil. So that will be a fun discussion about revenge and grief. And, oh. uh, yeah. Um, it, I had a, like a couple things, and that was like the one. It's like, oh, I, I saw Devils, like a movie I definitely want to talk about with, with people. Um, what else? It's a great movie. It is a great movie. Uh, and uh, I'll be on uh, uh movies from hell again for an apology episode because I recorded them like two months ago for like three hours and. 
uh, audio issues kind of fucked that up. So, actually four hours, because they're technical fuck-ups the whole time. So, I get an apology episode. So, I picked uh, Joysticks, a movie I unironically love, and Girly, the uh, psychological movie that's kind of thorough. It's kind of like the baby, but what if it's British and classy? It is. It's so. much, I was going to say it's classier than baby for sure. Yeah, so I get to talk about, so I we're going to talk about, like, hot dogs and boob jokes, and we're going to talk about, like, weird psychosexual family relations, and there's other... Don't forget fart jokes. Oh, yeah, fart jokes. Yeah, I, I, I've sent me, like, five times. Joysticks is a classic. Mm, this is actually the first time I've ever heard you talk about joysticks, so I'll just assume... <laughs> It's because okay. uh, you didn't want me to lose any more respect for you. So. I talked about it uh, when we recorded with Aaron on Rashomon, not Rashomon, Hen Fortress. And you're like, shut up, I don't like joysticks or whatever. I have brought it up before. I said Aaron would like it. I don't know if he has watched it yet. Uh, Aaron is a family man now. He can't be watching irresponsible <laughs> movies like joysticks. You know, If he wants his daughter to be a gamer, he should show her joysticks now. Okay, so he's never going to show her <laughs> joysticks. How old is she? She's like, what, one? She's old enough for joysticks. She is going to be one pretty soon, yeah. There, there's fart jokes. One year old think farting's funny. Come on, there's something for everyone. I mean, it's, it's a colorful palette, so maybe maybe you're not totally off base, but it's still highly inappropriate. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Uh... I don't know. I have my blog stuff, which uh, uh, I'll say it again for the Japanese movie one. Um, I have like 10 things planned out, 10 more things planned out, and then I might be done for good with it. And uh, because I don't focus on other things. So, yeah, uh, that's going to also keep it active, but uh, I won't update. uh, I might update reviews. I won't like add any new shit. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, the African history one, Japanese movie one, you know, there's other stuff I'm working on. One for Grand Pyre that will eventually be written uh, at some point. But, uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, happy birthday, uh, Melanie and J-Dog. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to both of you, too. And I hope you guys have a really good one this year. Mm-hmm. Go outside and then go back inside. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully, the copyright is up on the birthday song, so I can actually put in an episode. Because mm-hmm. yeah, those goddamn sisters, you know, their their grip on it is finally over with. Uh, you know, um, there's other birthday songs. Yeah, but I can like, like uh, I the classic one that they, you know, legally own the rights to for like way too long. Mm-hmm. It's such a ridiculous thing. You, I love copyright stuff, though. Like reading about copyright drama. <laughs> That's like my yeah. version of like Tiger Beat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's getting late. So, uh, see you guys for a July episode of something. I don't know what it'll be yet. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod. Our email is still highlowpod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, 
Podbean, and at various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art at com. and thank you for listening. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Happy birthday, arigato. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The time of year, omedetto. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The kiseki ga umareta. Koko ni koshi de ishoni da ne da.